the mouth and, and move it. He doesn't even always give every word. He, he gives the, 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 listen, the speaker uh, the feeling of, of what he wants to say. That's why, um, it, depending on who gives the word, it will sound very different. God uses a personality and a person to give the word. Um, if, if there was a person from Jamaica who happened to have been here this morning, and I, the, the word that might have been given through somebody from Jamaica, now you can't get, get in your head what a Jamaican sounds like, and the word he uses, right? Yeah, Yaman. He would, he would have a word from God that would probably include Yaman. Or something like that. And there's nothing wrong with it because that's, that's, that's personality. Remember, God doesn't speak English. He, he, he's beyond, I mean, he speaks everything, but you know what I mean? English isn't a, a, his language. He, uh, so he uses people. And so sometimes uh, when we give a word, we, we get a little off. Now, um, you know, I have had to actually stand up from the pulpit a couple of times actually in my life um, and say, you know, I want to tell you that last week I told you something that wasn't true. And it's really humbling, really humbling. And I said, I was just wrong. I was wrong in facts. One, one time I had totally, when I was a young, young preacher, I would totally uh, mixed up the, 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 the word Yahweh and where it came from. And I gave this whole thing that was totally erroneous. And, and I was just wrong where it had come from, the, 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 the word Yahweh, the, Jehovah and all that. And somebody came up to me after the service and gently said, you know, I had never heard that. And this is what I thought. And I realized as soon as she said that, that I was just absolutely wrong. And so the next week I had to come and say, remember when I talked about Yahweh and where it came from? I was wrong. I'm sorry. So, so anyways, in the word today, it, it's, it might, may seem small, so maybe it, nobody even noticed it. The, the word said that God needs us. God wants us. He created us to have fellowship with us, but God doesn't need us. And so it's a fine line now. And so, but, but theologically, I, 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 we don't correct every word, but I just want us to understand that one point. See, God is all powerful. He doesn't need me. That's actually what makes it more amazing that he wants me. It's more amazing. See, if he needed me, I'm like, hey, you need me. You know, Yaman. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and so, so he wants us. And if you look at yourself, if you know yourself well, and we do, we go, he wants me, even though. And so that was, that was a, just a simple, simple thing. I believe the word was, was good. He wants to have fellowship with us. He desires that with us. He needs to know that we are uh, special and beautiful. And believe it, uh, no, I shouldn't say believe it or not, that is actually the word this morning. <laughs> Is, is that God created us to be unique. And so, so that was the, the word. The, the, the main part of the word was absolutely right. God loves you, loves me, and wants to have a relationship individually with us. And he created us special with a purpose. And so um, the word was ro- coming right into the word, but I just wanted to get that one thing out. He doesn't need us, but boy, does he want us. Remember when he created everything? You know, he, he, he saw something, and then he created man, and he says, wow, it's, it's good. But then he says, it's not good that man's alone, and he, and he created woman, right? And so together, we represent, you know, the Godhead. But um, it's amazing. It is amazing that God actually wants to have relationship with you. Turn to your neighbor and say, he wants to have relationship with you. <laughs> But it's, it's, it's true, right? I mean, he actually does. God doesn't have grandchildren, okay? God doesn't have grandchildren. Um, 
you know, I don't know about, about you. We, we used to adopt stray kids in our neighborhood. And, and they, would, they would come and, and you, know, you know, my mom who isn't here this morning, but, you know, my mom would just, she would just love everyone, right? And so everyone would come and so many of the kids would call her mom, right? But, and they were loved by her, but they always kind of knew that they weren't totally kids probably. See, we're never that kid who goes, you know, I wish I belonged to that family. We belong to the family of God. We're not the neighborhood kid. He loves you and loves me. We are his children. And that is so uh, incredible. And so we're going to go with that right into the Word of God. And, and um, we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to be in, in a number of places this morning. Um, so if you got one of these red things, if you got some pieces of paper, because part of the work this, this week is going to be going back and reading some scriptures, uh, because we want to be people who read the scriptures regularly. I'm so grateful for this cool podium thing. Woo! <laughs> Anyways, um, I am a blessed man. And so Ephesians chapter 2, I mean, I'm in the wrong place now, says that we are God's workmanship. The word, uh, we've, we've said this before, we're gonna, you're going to know one Greek word because we've said, I've said it so many times. Does anyone remember what the Greek word for workmanship is? Jesse, poema. Poema. You know, we're, we've said that so many times, and the reason it's so cool is because what does it sound like? Poem. You are God's poem. A poem's a work of art. We're, we're that, that masterpiece. I know a little, well, she's not very little anymore. She's probably like 20 now, but I, 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 I was a, a good friend of mine back in the day, Corey Lee. He named his daughter Poema, and, you know, I, I didn't know what it was at the time. I'm like, that's a weird name. But then I found out what it is. I'm like, what a great name. Have you ever done that with someone? That's a weird name. And then you go, wow, that's beautiful. He cr- there was a work of art, poema. And so the Bible says that we are God's poem. We're God's masterpiece. We're God's workmanship. But it goes on and says that we're created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Okay, this scripture is so important. Now, what's awesome about this scripture is it's also connected to some scriptures right before. So it's never a good idea to, to read and memorize a scripture without being familiar a little bit with what's happening right before it. And so we want to go back and compare Ephesians 2.10 to the verses 1 through 9, which basically talk about our former way of life. In the beginning of Ephesians chapter 2, it talks about how we were lost, that we were sinners, that we were removed from God, and we were dead in trespasses. It even used the word, uses the word, we were objects of wrath. Now, that's, that's a heavy statement to me, that, you were, that I was an object of wrath. That means that God's wrath was against me. Now, you know, most people, I think, like to... Th- not go into those dark places and think, wow, but let's go there for a minute. You know, we know that God is a God of love, but he's also a God of anger and a God of wrath. And I was the object of his wrath. And you know, and I'll be honest, I'm like, I know that I did some pretty bad things, but I didn't think I was that bad. You want to relate with that one? I'm like, I was an object of God's wrath. Yeah, because I was so far, his holiness is so much more grand than my best. He is so far removed that, that my sin causes it to be an object of wrath. But that's what I was, Ephesians chapter 2 in, in verse says. It says, you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin, in which you once walked. And these scriptures really lay it out. This is the way you were. 
This is the way you were, not the way you are, but you were this. And so one of the things that it's important for Christians to come to grips with, and if you're not a believer to really come to grips with, I am away from God without Christ. I am an object of wrath. I am in my sin. I am dead in my sin if I don't have Christ. But the moment I have Christ, all those became past tense, were. As a Christian, I am no longer dead in my sin. I am no longer an object of wrath. I am a new creation, and not just a new creation. This is what the scriptures say. And in, in, in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 are, are some of those memory verses. By grace you have been saved, not of works, but, but through faith. Um, and then in 10 it says, we are not just a new creation. He wants us to understand that it's not just like, yeah, he made you new. He made you a work of art. So I was an object of wrath, and now I'm a poem. I'm a work of art. Now, that, that, that's, I think, something worthy of saying. I mean, that, that's really hard. These are those moments we joke around saying, tell your neighbor. But c- could you do that for a second and, and actually go, wow, I am a work of art. Go, just tell someone real quick. We're going to confess this. It's awkward. But tell someone, I'm a work of art. <laughs> See, it's so foreign to us that it sounds funny. I mean, isn't it hard to say? That's why I wanted you to do it. It's like, that's just that's weird. God created you and he made you new and he put a new heart within you and he said you are his work of art. You are unique. I am unique. And some of us, you know, would say, yeah, amen, you're unique, right? I mean, you know, all of us, but the truth is every one of us is unique in some way. God has, has made you a certain way. He's also allowed you to go through certain experiences that have made you unique. He gave you a specific personality that makes you different from other people. He's given you characteristics, both physical and mental and spiritual, that are a little bit different from everyone else. Even identical twins, though they have the same DNA, are different from each other because they have different personalities. They have different experiences. Even identical twins who like to do everything together look at things slightly different. See, no matter what, you're unique. And God likes you that way. He created you that way. Now, it's always good to say he didn't necessarily desire you to do all the things you did in your life. There's some things that I've done in my life that God didn't say, hey, I can't wait until Rob does that. I'm so excited about him messing up. I have a free will, and I have done some things that have have caused people pain. I've just made some huge blunders in my life. Can anyone say amen? Right? And he didn't want me to do that, but he says, I'm going to take those, and I'm still going to use that to develop you and to to use you to be a ministry to other people because you are my unique work of art. And, and what's amazing with, with God is he doesn't waste anything. He's like the, the tinkerer in the shop who can always find a use for every piece of scrap metal and every bolt and every rod and every ball bearing and he creates these wonderful works of art he's much better than that but he he doesn't waste anything something you've gone through he will use it to help you grow or to help somebody else grow because of your experience jeremiah 1 5 says this he says before i formed you okay well we know that the beginning when we started out there wasn't much to us okay 
and that some forming had to start taking place. And, you know, I'm pretty thankful it did because if you've ever seen a baby in the womb when it's first going, it kind of looks like a fish at some point. You know, I mean, you know, that'd be kind of weird if we came out looking like that. But even before he formed us, when we were not even a form, he says, I knew you. And it blows my mind. I don't know how he knew me, but he knew me. He knew me because he is outside of time and space. He's, he's not limited to here. So he knew then my whole life what I would do, what I would think, what I would say. He formed me. He, he knit me together, the Bible says. And he says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. He has a desire, and he set us apart for his glory, for for, to be more than, than many of us w are walking in now. He actually has a desire for us to fully walk in his full will. Psalm 139 says, You alone, this is, this is the cry of the psalmist, You alone created my inner being. You knitted me together inside my mother. So he goes on to say, I will give thanks to you because I have been so amazingly and miraculously made. Your works are miraculous, and my soul is fully aware of this. I, I want to become like the psalmist here, who is fully aware of the miraculous way he made me. And, and in a small way, uh, th even this morning, I'm thinking about how amazingly intricate I am. I mean, I just... I have no understanding of an atheist, how an atheist could think that we are this complex and it just happened. It's just, we are amazing. S something is wrong in my body recently, and I think it might be a pinched nerve, but my, my left pointer finger is numb, and I, I barely have any feeling in it from about here all the way up to the top of the nail. And it tingles a little bit in some spots, but I can't feel it. I'm typing, uh, I, t I type a lot, and I'm missing letters because I can't quite feel where the key is. And so I'm going back and reading my, my stuff. I'm going, oh, I missed, and uh, I'm missing letters that I'm supposed to type with this finger. I, I can't, I mean, I can control it. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it, but when something touches, I can't quite feel it. So playing guitar and playing bass is different, difficult, because I can't tell if I feel the string or not. It's very simple. You know, maybe, maybe it'll come back, maybe it won't. But isn't it amazing that I have enough little nerves that, that that's happening? I'm miraculously and amazingly made. We take it for granted all the time. I have heard that as you get older, you realize you took it for granted. You're like, oh, man, I, I, I've taken my body for granted for so long, and now I have a hard time standing up or sitting down, or I can't crawl under the car anymore. What was I saying? <laughs> right? I, I want to be like the psalmist who's been, I've been so amazingly and miraculously made. Your works are miraculous. I'm one of your works. And my soul is fully aware of this. He has created us. And, and it's really important that we understand this and really get it into our heart. He created us, and he created us for a reason and for a purpose. And last year, right about this time, we were going through the purpose-driven life. And, and those things are still true. He created us that we would have relationship with. He created us that we would worship him. He creates that we would grow in, in our, our relationship with him and our knowledge of him and become disciples. And he also created us that we would walk in the ministry that he has for us. Next week on Saturday is the 301 class, the, the, the next steps class. Well, we're going to spend some great time learning about our spiritual gifts and our personality and how God created us and how even our, our uh, 
um, our heart, the things that we desire, our experiences, our personalities, and our abilities all work together for us to find what God had for us. But the very first part is understanding that God created us in order to do good works, Ephesians 2.10. So we're, we're, a, we're a work, a piece of art um, that says we are in creating Christ Jesus to do good works. We weren't created in Christ Jesus just to do whatever we wanted to do. He actually created us, formed us, said, I'm going to know you, but in that process, I have a job for you to fulfill. I have a plan for your life. I have ministry for you to walk into, every one of us. And we know we, we in Ephesians that it says that God gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping or the edifying of the body so that the body could do the works of ministry. See, we get it so wrong often. We think that, that all the professional ministers are supposed to do all the ministry. And God actually created gifts, those five gifts, to equip every part of the body, the believers, in order to do the works of ministry. Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It says in, in verse 1, it says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. And the word there really means uninformed, uneducated. I don't want you to be, uh, not understand spiritual gifts. Well, keep your finger there, but if you want, turn over with, to me with Romans chapter 12. Just a book back. It's on page 1568. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. It's on three swipes to the right. Okay, so, so we don't want to, you know, Paul doesn't want us to be ignorant of spiritual gifts. We, I just said that God created us to do works, uh, to do good works, and we're going to find out that he's given us gifts to do these works. But in Romans chapter 12, um, is which, which is one of the, the gift chapters, uh, if you're taking notes, you could write down Romans 12, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, um, Ephesians chapter 4, and these are some of the places um, that, we, that, that Paul talks about the gifts of the Spirit. And so one of the things, though, is before it gets into the gifts, it says in Romans 12.1, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable God, which is your reasonable service. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. And then it goes on just a short while later and begins to talk about the gifts. You know, I, I, so many times people come to, to me, they've come to you, they've come to different people and saying, you know, Pastor, what, I, I just want to know the will of God for my life. Has that ever been you? You know, who, who wants to know the will of God for my life? Well, he actually has a will of God for us. And, and he has a, a general will that we would grow in godliness, that we would have a relationship with him. But he also has a specific plan and a specific will for you to walk into. And part of that is, is never going to be accomplished without you understanding that you have a spiritual gift, that you have a purpose in the body of Christ. Go back to me with me to 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12 is a great, a great chapter on talking about the gifts, but, but before it does, it talks about how God created us. In verse 4, it says, There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. 
There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. Now listen. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So we're learning a little bit about gifts here in ministries, that God gives us gifts, but these gifts are not for us. These gifts are for the profit of all. So we should not be just sitting at home with our gifts going, look at all of my gifts. I just love them. I'm going to keep them here at home where it's safe. Our gifts that God gives us, we're going to talk more about this on Saturday. So this is kind of the thing, a teaser. You've got to come Saturday to get the second part of this message. And I do want to say, if, if you can't come on this Saturday, we'll be doing the same class again. It's a, it's a really in-depth in uh, class. It's going to be a great time in five months. I've been saying four, but I realized we're taking May off. And so in June, July, August, we'll go through the same class 301 once again. We're going to do 101 in, in June, um, 201 July, and 301 in August. So if you can't come this Saturday, put it in your calendar um, that, that in August we'll do the same class again. So God gave us gifts, and these gifts are to be used for the good of all. And it says, for to one is given a word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healings by the same spirit to another the working of miracles to another prophecy to another discerning of spirits to another different kinds of tongues to another the interpretation of tongues but one and the same spirit works all these things distributing to some individuals is that what your bible says each one so it's important to understand each one has a gift from god a spiritual gift. And we're going to talk more on Saturday about the difference between spiritual gifts and natural talents. Spiritual gifts are not the same as a natural talent. Pe people who don't have Christ in their life don't have a spiritual gift. Spiritual gifts come when you get saved. And God, by His Spirit, gives to each one as He wills. He also says that He gives it in a measure to each one. So everyone has a gift, but everyone's gift is going to be different than everyone else's gift. And it will be used in a different manner. For instance, some people have the gift of evangelist. Well, there are some evangelists, like our beloved Billy Graham, who passed away recently, who was gifted to preach to thousands upon thousands of people. That's the gift of evangelism and proclaiming the name of God. And, and, and thousands of people, millions over the course of his life, came to know Jesus through that. But just because you have the gift of evangelist doesn't mean that you're going to be like Billy Graham. I know people whose gift of evangelism always works one-on-one. -on -one. They sit down next to somebody on the bus and they just lead them to Jesus. Ever met somebody like that? They make you feel really bad about yourself. Because, like, I go to sit down next to somebody on the bus and they get up and leave. <laughs> but other people have an, a gift where they sit down and they share their faith and they actually, people come to faith in them. Now, now I'm not going to go too far in this. We have to understand that all Christians have the role of evangelism. We're all supposed to do it. But some people have the gift of evangelism. And, and, and I didn't know that for years. I used to go out onto the streets all the time to do evangelism and I had so little fruit but, but I mean I've been all over the, the United States into foreign countries doing evangelistic crusades and I'd look at some of these other people Mark Johnson who's going to be here next Sunday he's got the gift of evangelism 
I mean, he talks to people and he brings them to faith. And there'd be times I'd spend eight days like in, in New York City, you know, witnessing to people and all over the place, crazy places, places that this white boy should never be. I mean, you know, I stood out like crazy in Harlem. I just, I tell you, I mean, I just don't fit. But by, you know, by faith, I would preach the gospel. And, you know, I'd maybe go through a weekend. I'd have one person who prayed for salvation. I praise God for that. But, you know, at the end of the day, we're, we're, we're all human. We're people who say, so what happened? You know, some of these people are like, well, I read John uh, to the Lord. And then I met this girl named Sarah, and she accepted Christ. And then I met these three people, and they all gave their heart to Christ. And I'm like, I talked to ten people and bought a latte. That's it. Nobody accepted Christ. I don't have the gift of evangelism. But some people have a gift of evangelism that's Billy Graham style, and some have it one-on-one, uh, -on -one, right? And so the gifts, even though they might have the same title, they look different, and it's God who gives each gift to each person. Okay, so I want everyone to say, I have a gift. What is it? Come Saturday, we'll help you find out what it is. Okay, because we're going to talk about what that is. You actually have a spiritual gift from God because you are unique and he made you. Now, as we continue on in, in 1 Corinthians 12, going on, it says, in, starting in verse, so we want to remember this, 11. One and the same spirit works all these things, all these gifts, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Okay, so it's like Christmas in my house when I was growing up. All the boys would get socks and underwear, right? It's like, you know, and they were wrapped the same way. So whoever opened it first, like, you know, if Jay opened up, he got socks. I'd look under there and I'd say, oh, that's my socks. There's Pat's socks, right? But then each of us got an individual gift. We got something that was unique just for us. You can remember those? Did that happen to you? You know, when our parents would know us and they would give me, you know, I'd get my, you know, He-Man or something, and it was an individual gift just for me. God does things. He blesses us in a lot of ways corporately, but then he knows you, and he says, I'm going to give you a gift. Susie, I'm going to give you a gift. It's just for you. And it's going to look different than, than the gift I'm giving Claude over here. It might be the same title, but it's going to look a little differently, and it's him who does it. So we should never feel bad that we're not Billy Graham. We should only know, hey, this is the gift God gave me. I'm going to use it to the fullest. Verse 12 in, in chapter 12 in Corinthians, it says, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. The Bible gives us so many times where it talks about us, the church, individually as the body of Christ. We have to be together. The body is, it's important that we exercise uh, our gifts and that we are come together to become the body of Christ because each gift is important. And, and it goes on, it says, for one, one, by one spirit we're all baptized into one body. In fact, the body is not one member, but many. And it goes on this great place, it says, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, am I not of the body? This is what happens to us a lot. We look in the, we go to the church, and we see gifts that, that are prominent. And we go, oh, you know, I wish I had that gift. I wish I could play on the worship team. I wish I could preach. You know, because I don't do that, I'm just really not part of the body. And it's, no. Every part of the body is important. Every part of the body is important. Who was glad to find that their chair was in the spot that you left it last Sunday? Because I tell you, some of you would have walked in panicked if they were moved. You would have went, what do I do now? Right? Well, you know, somebody comes and they set up chairs. Aren't you glad? 
They vacuumed the carpet. Somebody came this morning and made coffee and set out snacks. These things, you go, that's an important part of the body. Who likes to sing those songs? Who likes to sing the worship songs? Who likes to have the words up there? Who goes like, who, who's singing along great and all of a sudden the words change or don't get put up there and you're like, ah! <laughs> what do I do now? I mean, right? I mean, and it can be a song that you've sang all your life, but you're, you're going along and the words get, you don't know what to do. Happy birthday to, what's the next word? You know, it's not hard, but aren't you glad that there's somebody with a gift of service or maybe the, uh, you know, a, a gift that, that goes back there and clicks on the right thing so that we can sing. Everyone has a gift, and every part of the body is important. Not one is greater than others. Some are more visible, but not one is more important than the other. It goes on, if the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them in the body, just as he pleased. We have a problem in the church sometimes. And it's called gift envy. We envy other gifts. But God is pleased to put all the pieces in the right spot. One of the problems is that there's a lot of gifts that aren't being utilized. There's a lot of parts that aren't happening. Here's another problem. We're going to get into this in, mo in more detail. Again, let's keep saying this on Saturday. By, you know, by the end of the service, that whole clipboard is going to be full. I'm going, I'm going. I've got to get the rest of this. Some people are serving in ministry, and they're miserable. And here's why. They have a gift, and they're serving in the wrong spot. We want to make sure people are serving in their giftings. And sometimes it's just because they, they don't understand that their part is important. Some people are serving where their gift is, but they just don't feel like it's important. And that's, uh, that's a problem of, of me and the, the leadership that doesn't maybe honor that part and say how incredibly important that part is. We need every little spot filled in the body of Christ. And I'm not just talking about serving here in the church. I'm talking about in our day-to-day -day lives and in the world. Now, indeed, there are many members, yet one body. Yeah, I can't say to the hand, I have no need of you. I don't know if you've ever attended a church like this or heard of one or seen one. Sometimes people with similar giftings they get along with other people with similar giftings. It's just, you know, it's, oh, well, you're an evangelist, it's great. You know, let's get together. That's wonderful. Sometimes, unfortunately, what happens is they try to start their own church. And so they have all these gifts that are the same in the church. And after a while, the church actually falls apart because they're lacking so many other gifts. See, I believe in any good, healthy church, all the gifts that are needed are represented there in, in the body. Service hospitality, prophecy, evangelism, all the gifts comes together. All the gifts come together and each member understands, wow, I have a really important part. Now, just for fun, if, 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 if you're able to do this, just take your hands out like this and go like that. Okay, was that hard? Pretty easy for most of us. Have you ever been to a, 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 a concert, an orchestra, you know, where they got all the, the, the drums and the, and the everything, the violins, everything playing together? And the song is coming up, and you know what's about to happen. What's about to happen? This, the big part's going to come, S the cymbals, right? And when that happens, you go, ah! Oh! Can you imagine listening to that concert, and all of a sudden, nobody did the cymbal? 
I mean, that'd be like, it'd be, it'd be like, <sighs> right? That cymbal player trains and waits for his opportunity to go crash. And it's important. It's important. Every part of the body has their, their part, and we want to play all of it. And God's will is that we'll discover our gifts like that. Just don't know how far to go this morning. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, talks about you and me. You know, I've, I've done some counseling myself and talked to a, a number of counselors and talked to a number of people. And, you know, there's a, there's a common thing among, among many people. And it's, it's kind of a low self-esteem. It's actually, it's very, very common. In fact, uh, even people who you would never imagine have low self-esteems and depression have low self-esteem and depression. Robin Williams had both of those. You would think, Robin Williams, right? Well, obviously... Who, who, who thinks that, uh, you know, you don't have to say this, but, you know, have you ever thought to yourself, you know, I just don't have anything to offer. I just, I'm just me. I have so many times. In, in Corinthians 4, it's talking about the treasure of Christ and who we, who we are and, and what we have. And in verse 7, it says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. It's talking about us. Simple, ordinary vessels of clay. You know, clay isn't anything special. But we have the treasure of God, the treasure of the Holy Spirit, the treasure of ministry, the treasure of the gifts that God has given us in normal, normal, everyday vessels, and it shows that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. See, God has put into us gifts for the world, but, but he keeps us humble to say, you know, it's not about us, it's about him. He wants you to use your gift in the world. But he doesn't want you to keep it for yourself. And he doesn't want you to use it for yourself. He wants you to use it for the kingdom of God. And, and when we go a little bit on Saturday, we're going to talk about the difference between spiritual gifts and, and talents. Um, I have said this, and so here goes another thing that I've, I've said that, that made it sound incorrect. I said I have the gift of sarcasm. You know, I don't... I don't <laughs> It's not a spiritual gift. It, it's kind of just who I am. It's my personality. I don't want you to think that that's a spiritual gift because there are spiritual gifts and then there are just natural stuff, right? Things and people. Um, and you've got both of those things. But God is, wants to take all those things and he wants you to be active in the body. Ha, has, has your leg or, or hand or anything ever fallen asleep? Or, you know, for some of you, it's actually probably you've lost feeling. I mean, Missy's... You know, she's got lost the feeling in her legs. Well, she has Guillain-Barre. And, and uh, you know, one day she's walking, and a couple days later she can't move her legs, can't feel them. You know, isn't it weird when you get up to go do something and your leg doesn't go with you? I mean, if, if you've ever fallen asleep, that's happened, right? You get up and you're like... That's, that's what happens when the body doesn't use the gift it's supposed to. The body, us, we go, hey, let's go and go do this. And all of a sudden, pretty soon, we're dragging apart one of these things. It's not working. God has given you gifts so that you could help the body accomplish what God has in mind and in his will for us, his good will, his pleasing will, and his perfect will for you and for us as a body. See, because this is, this is the, one of the expressions of the body is right here, here at Big Bear Christian Center, where God has created us for a special purpose in our community.
And Ephesians 4 says that he gave gifts to men in order to accomplish that will. And I look around and I think, you know, there's some amazing gifts out here that, that need to be tapped into. There's some amazing hearts. There's some amazing experiences. There's some, some uh, amazing things that, that God wants to use you to do. And only you can do it because you're unique. You're unique. You have relationships, connections, abilities, uh, mannerisms, personalities that make you special to reach somebody that nobody else can reach the way you can. Every one of you. You know, I, I would have a hard time reaching a lot of different types of people. I probably wouldn't fit in really well with people who make, you know, six and seven figures a year. You know, I, I just, I don't know how, I don't understand super wealth. I just don't understand it. I, but other people God created to be just like that, and they can. You, you, might, have, you might have gone through uh, a horrible situation in your life, whether it's by your choice or somebody else's choice. But because of that experience in your life, you have the ability to reach somebody else. And the Bible says that, that those who've been comforted by God are supposed to comfort others with the comfort that they received. So you might have had an experience that was really bad, but God saw you through it, and that experience gives you the ability to bring ministry and hope and love and reconciliation to somebody else who's going through it. Every one of your gifts are important if they're yielded to God. That's kind of the, the end, end, end part. See, those gifts have to be yielded to the Holy Spirit of God. They, there's a lot of new, neutral things in life, and we can, we can serve ourselves with them or we can serve God with them. Your gifts, your experience, all these things need to be given over to God. Offer yourselves, Romans 12, as a living sacrifice to God. That's your gifts, your experiences, everything. Holy and pleasing to him. This is a reasonable service. This is reasonable, the Bible says. And then you will begin to find what is God's will for you. And so walking into understanding your, your calling and your gifts and your personality, will. my prayer is that this next Saturday and, and, and uh, even through the word today, will begin to unleash you to say, God, what is, what is it that you've called me for? What is it that you've gifted me for? I want to I have joy in serving you. You know, that's, that's, God wants us to be joyful. He wants us to actually love him and have joy in serving him. I mean, there's been times that I was right in the middle of, of the will of God and other people would, were terrified of what we were doing. I mean, I've been in the middle of riots, witnessing. I mean, I was, uh, many years ago, there was a riot in Hollywood on Halloween. You, older people remember when they, there were the riots were happening every Halloween down. I was there, and the police were beating the people around me. We were running from the police, and it was just so awesome because we were out there proclaiming Christ and doing worship right in the middle of it. Now, if I wouldn't have been using the, the gifts and things, and one of them was, was, was music and leading worship, I would have been, you know, it would have been a horrible experience. But I mean, this is great, God. It's awesome. So God wants you to use your gifts in a way that brings joy to you, even if other people find it drudgery. We want to ha- find you released to, to find the things and give them fully to God and, and not spend them on yourself. Because we can do that. Have you ever uh, seen somebody think, man, that just seems like they're gifted in God, but they're using it the wrong way? And they're just promoting themselves. God wants you to promote the kingdom of God.
on Saturday, we're going to learn about the, 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 the main gifts that there are. We're going we're gonna to do some personality tests um, and help you discover why you do what you do. Hey, husbands, wives, come. Because you're going to find out why your husband does what he does. Give you some tools to work together. Yeah, that could be scary. Somebody said, I love it. But, 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 you know, find out why other people in church are doing what they do and why they do that. And then unleash and unwrap some of the things that, that uh, for you to give you freedom and to not be bound up in, uh, in, in, you know, stinking thinking of, well, you know, I just, nobody needs me and my gift isn't important. And release us all into the things that God has for you. Who wants to walk in the will of God for their life? I can put, you know, put on my foot too. I want to know what God's will is for me. And, and everyone in this room, no matter where you at, are at in your walk with God, he's got something for you to do right now. You don't have to wait and go, well, I just don't know enough. I haven't been saved long enough. He's like, no, I'm going to take you right where you're at and begin to use you. And you'll grow and grow and grow if you don't give up. The Bible says don't give up. Don't faint. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that I'm in the midst of a room of gifts, amazing gifts, of, of amazing masterpieces. Father, we know that not all these masterpieces have, have been unveiled, God. There's still works in progress, God, but we pray that you'd begin to put it upon our hearts to step into the things that you have for us and to realize that each of us is a, is a work of art and a gift to the rest of the body of Christ. God, that we would fulfill your, your will for us in our lives. God, that we would come alive and find joy in serving God. I pray that there would be nobody that's, that's here in this room this morning who would, who would just continue to serve God in drudgery, that they would drag themselves to church or to ministry or to anything else, but you'd begin to change their heart and help them find the place that they have, that they'd begin to come alive and understand that their personality isn't a mistake, that they are not a mistake and that, that you shaped them and formed them and you know them and you, you know the, um, the hairs on our head and you know us inside and out, God, and you love us. And that we would begin to walk into each of our destinies that you have for us. God, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.